one of you here this evening, welcome to Marlboro Baptist Church. I better say that for you Facebook folks. Uh, it's good to see each and every one of you here this evening. We have a song picked out, and we're going to take, Debbie says, two more. <laughs> so if you want one done, you better be quick, okay? <laughs> All right, we're going to do hymn number 254, He Abides. We'll do the first stanza. Chapter 8. We'll be looking at many 
many verses from this passage of scripture this evening, but uh, you know, as uh, they've said, that revival has been defined as the Spirit of God working through the Word of God in the lives of the people of God. And this chapter in, in Nehemiah chapter 8 is that very, very thing. It's what we see here in this particular chapter. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to look at the Spirit of God working through the Word of God and how it brings revival to these people, the children of Israel, here at this particular time. So we're going, I'm going to read the first three verses, and like I said, we'll be looking at others as we go through this evening. And all the people gathered themselves together, in verse 1, to gather as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women and all that could hear and understand upon the first day of the seventh month. He read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and all those who could, um, that could understand, and the ears of the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Father, we thank you, Lord, this evening for your goodness and your grace to us. Father, we just thank you, Lord, now for this time that we have that we can look into your word. Father, I ask that you would just help me. Uh, Lord, give me clearness of voice, clarity, Help me, Lord, to say only those things that you would have be said here this evening, and we'll just give you the honor and the glory and the praise. In your name we ask it. Amen. 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 Here in this passage of Scripture is, like I said, is one of the a great picture, a good picture of what revival should be, what revival should be. And we find here in this passage of scripture, as we look at it this evening, hearing the word of God provokes or sparks revival. Hearing the word of God sparks revival. If you'll notice there in that first verse, and it says, all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. The people gathered here at this particular place, at this particular time, and asked Ezra to come and share the word of God. Now this was very unique, because it, in, in what is known here is because this, they, didn't, they didn't have the scriptures like we do. They didn't have a Bible to pick up and read. If they heard the word of God, most of the time it was read to them by a priest or by a scribe or somebody that, that would read it to them. And, but this, it's, one thing is unusual when you look at this. It says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man. As I was looking at that and thinking about it, I thought about 
the sermon on the day of Pentecost. You remember in Acts chapter 2 and verse 44 when it said, All that believed were together and had all things common. They all had the same mindset. They all had the same desires to serve God. And we find that here in this passage of Scripture even before Ezra even started to read the Word of God. I thought about, a, I thought about something as I was studying this. And probably more for me than it is for anybody else, but when we come together, do we come together as one? Do, do we come to church to be taught the word of God, to be convicted by the word of God? Do we have that mindset when we come into the house of God that we want God to speak to us? You know, uh, so many people, I'm afraid, when they enter the church house, and I'm not necessarily talking about this one, their mindset, it's a ritual to them. They come because that's what you're supposed to do on Sunday morning. But the key to having the right mindset is preparing our hearts before we ever get here, before we ever get here on a Sunday morning, whether it be for Sunday school, whether it be for preaching, whether it be for a Sunday evening service, or even a Wednesday night service. We need to prepare our heart through prayer and spending time with God and asking for him to speak to you, me. I can't say it for you, but he needs to speak to me as we come together. You know, if we prepare our heart through prayer before we get to church, so that we might receive God's instruction. When, when God speaks to us from his word, it's going to be very evident. Things in our life will change. I think of Larry. Put Christ first in his life and his whole life has changed. It's very obvious. You can see it in his demeanor, in his reactions. In his, if you talk to him very long, you will hear about the gospel. And that's the way it should be with you and I. But if we prepare our hearts like God wants us to prepare our hearts, we'll be that way. You know, it's important to allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives instead of resisting it. Uh, none of us likes to be chastened, but sometimes there needs to be chastened. Sometimes the Lord has to deal with us in whatever area it may be. But we don't need to resist it. We need to let God's spirit work in and through us so that the word of God can have his full work in our lives. Here in verse 2 of this passage of scripture, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could hear and Understand. I underlined that word understand in my Bible upon the first day of the seventh month. Here, what was Ezra doing? He was reading the book of the law. What was the book of the law? Some of you FBI students. Well, how many, what's, what's, what's the book of the law consist of? First, first five books. You didn't have to be an FBI student to, to, to know that, but we've, we've been taught that. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. There's a lot of scripture in those verses or in those, in those books of the Bible. And Ezra brought that law. Again, it wasn't something that these people were accustomed to having. It had to be brought in and read to them. It's not like we have our Bibles that we can pick up and read uh, whenever we would like to. We, they didn't have a phone. They didn't have an app on a phone or any of that modern technology today. But somebody had to read the scriptures to them. But if you notice what is said, Ezra, well, first of all, let me note, just refers to this. It does refer to the first five books of the Bible. And the first five books of the Bible, what do we know them as? They were the instruction manual for how the nation of Israel was to walk. Ezra the scribe, Ezra the priest, he's known, he's called uh, a scribe in verse 1, he's called a priest in verse 2. So he was both. He was both a scribe and a priest. A scribe was someone that we know that copied the the word of God, by hand. We know that he was a man dev devoted to God himself because he was a godly priest. He was a student of the word of God. And it's something that we all need to be is students of the word of God. I'll put in another little plug for FBI. If you're interested in learning, it's a great place to learn. Verse 2 also says there, that they, who, who did, was he speaking to? All that could hear and understand. All that can hear and, you know, this shows us that who needs to hear the word of God? Everyone. Everyone needs to hear. But there's also a need to be an understanding of what, is, what they've heard. Ezra read God's word there in verse 3, and he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand. And it also says, and the ears of the people were attentive to what Ezra was reading, the book of the law. It's so important that to, to understand that they were attentive. Now, you know, in, in, in the mind's eye, and you can think about it, they probably, some of them probably was hearing this for the first time. So it was important that they be attentive so they could understand the word of God. Everyone needed to hear it. And Ezra, it says there, he read the scriptures from morning until midday. Morning. I shared this with our Sunday school class on Sunday. This morning wasn't 10 o'clock or wasn't 11 o'clock, but it was daylight. When it began day, that's when the morning began. So they, Ezra stood and read the scriptures from sun up till midday, approximately six hours if they, it is, uh, is estimated. From the, from the time the light came up till midday. Can you imagine those people? Sometimes it's hard for us to sit for an hour and sit and listen to the word of God, to the preacher preach. It 
they, they sat for six hours and were attentive. And that word really caught my attention. They were attentive under the book of the law. And you notice there in verse 4, we see how God's word was, word was proclaimed and how it was received in verses 4 through 6. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. He stood on a pulpit. It was a platform that they had built. You know, it's amazing. They had taken the time to build this wooden platform so that the word of God could be heard. You know, they did practical things so that the word of God could be have the greatest impact upon the people. You know, there are, there are many practical things that we can do to help the word of God uh, have the greatest effect on people. Making sure the room is comfortable. I don't think a lot of you are comfortable tonight. I'll be honest with you, I'm sitting up here and I got sweat running down my back. But I think that's more nerves than it is anything else. But uh, uh, a lot of you are sitting back here and you're cold. It's hard to keep something where everybody is comfortable. But that is what? Low in distractions. And we all know what distractions can do after this past Sunday. We want to try to keep them down to a minimum so that God's word can be understood. And the preacher needs to preach as clear and needs to be clearly heard. And I think we don't have any trouble hearing Pastor John, that's for sure. These types of things are important in helping God's word get or have the greatest impact. But by far the greatest preparation that can be done has to happen in the heart. We must come willing, forget about our, ourselves, our own agenda, and submit ourselves to God's word. You know, I think it's a lot of times is what's missing in churches. And I, again, I'm not necessarily talking about this, our church. I think we, we have a close-knit group. But churches in general, they've lost their focus on what they're looking for. They're looking for something. They just don't know what they're looking for. And we need to be very careful that when we portray Christ to them, that they can see that. Now, if you notice, I stopped there, um, there in verse 4. At the remainder of that verse, there's a lot of names that I am not going to even try to pronounce. I would butcher them. But who were these people? Who were these men? On the right hand and on the left hand. If you, if you look through that passage of scripture, there were six on Ezra's right hand and seven on his left hand. These men were there because they were supporting Ezra in what he was doing. He was there to help the understanding of what was going on. Now, in saying that, I could say that we could probably add a lot of our own names into this list 
that we would stand by and for behind our pastor when he's preaching. I'm sure these men, in their own way, were praying for Ezra as he was speaking the word of God. We need to be that sustenance, that help. You remember in, in um, uh, Exodus chapter 17 when Israel was fighting against Amalek, Moses, as long as Moses held his arms up, what happened? Israel would win. But he got tired, and his arms went down. Whenever they went down, they would lose. So Aaron and Hur got a rock, set Moses on it, and they stood beside him and held up his arms. That's the picture that we see right there in verse 4. That's the place that you and I, as a child of God, as whoever we are within the church of God, ought to be standing with and beside and for, behind, wherever, with our pastor. Be an encouragement to him. When he, op when he opened the book, they had respect for God's word. They recognized it for what it was, the word of God. Not for the word of man, but they honored it. There's, there's evidence of two things in this. First, that the Spirit of God is at work. Second, that something good was about to happen. When you read this passage of Scripture, and I encourage you to read it, because you can probably get more out of it reading it than I'm giving it to you this evening. What was Ezra's message? What was the message that Ezra was trying to get across? Turn back a few pages to Ezra chapter 10. And verse 10, 11, and 12. Verse 10, it says, And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, Ye have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourself from the people of the land and from the strange wives. Then all the congregation answered and said with a loud voice, As thou hast said, so must we do. Ezra's message that he was presenting from reading the book of the law was repentance. What is our message today that needs to be preached in churches? Repentance. Repentance. You know, we don't like to see ourselves as sinners. But you know what? We're just a sinner saved by the grace of God. Plus nothing, minus nothing. It's all we are. We're undeserving of anything. Our, the best that we can muster is what? Filthy rags in the sight of an almighty God. That's the only thing we can muster. 
But here we see Ezra's message of repentance. And how did the people respond? I mean, let's look in verse 5. And Ezra opened the book, and in the sight of all the people, for he was above the people, and when he opened it, all the people, uh-oh, they stood up now. So not only were they listening to the scripture for six hours, they were standing up for six hours. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen and Amen, lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with her face to the ground. You know, uh, we see here basically three types of results from their response to the word of God. The people thanked God. They were thankful. The people prayed with lifted up hands. You know, it's a lost art today. We still see people do it occasionally when they want to say amen and raise their hands. But the people worshipped by bowing down before him. And when they were bowed down, they weren't bowing down before Ezra so much as they were the word of God, the law, as Ezra was reading it. Thanksgiving, prayer, and praise are all good measures of how the Spirit of God and the Word of God should work in us. It's what it should do to us. It ought to cause us to be thankful. It ought to cause us to be people of prayer. And it also ought to cause us to be people of worship. Here we also find that there was others. And if you notice in verse 7, you see another list of people's names. There's actually 13 in that list as well, of which I'm not going to try to pronounce. But that would make a total of 26 men that were there to help. In the latter part of verse 7, it says, And the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. These, all these that were standing with Ezra, and all these that were here in verse 7, were there to help the people understand. You know, and that's what our job is. As, as, as Sunday school teachers, as as whatever the part of the ministry you have, whether it's singing, whether, whatever it is, it's to help people understand the word of God. And that is what we're, we're called to do. If you're a child of God, you're a minister of God. We may not preach. Lord knows I can't preach. I try to teach. But it's important that we minister to people because that's our ministry. Those within, those without. We need to be very understanding when we try to minister to people. Why is it so important people understand the word of God? A lot of times things of God are, well, we know, 
the scripture tells us that the things of God are what? Spiritually discerned. To understand scripture, Holy Spirit has to, has to re relate it to us, has to show us the scriptures, has to help us in our understanding, help us to help someone else understand. Discernment is not an in intellectual uh, type thing. The Holy Spirit uses people in the lives of other people to bring about spiritual discernment. The Holy Spirit uses other people to help us to understand. That's the reason you have your scripture, you have commentaries, you have all of this that helps you to understand the word of God. Second is because it was written in all different languages, in different cultures, a different place, a far distant time. Teachers help us to understand it all in our day as we read it. Because our minds are so often slow to understand the things that will convict our hearts. We need, you know, a lot of times we just need it spelled right out to us. We don't like to see our faults. But none of us are perfect. And we, ha we struggle with convictions a lot of times. Finally, understanding isn't only necessary for those who haven't become familiar with the Bible. But sometimes, if we hear, if we have heard something over and over and over and over again, we still don't really understand it. You ever had a passage of scripture like that? You ever had a passage of scripture, John 3, 16? You ever, I mean, as many times as you quote it, as you read it, sometimes you'll read it and something will just jump off the pages at you. That's because the Holy Spirit's revealing things to you and helping you understand. Verse 8 says, So they read in the books of the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is, that word right there is speaking of a governor, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They were under conviction, and they all wept when they was under conviction. Then Ezra said, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, and, stand, and, and send portions of them from uh, that has nothing, that nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord, Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, conviction will make us sorrowful sometimes. But Ezra said, don't be sorry. Look to, look to your Savior who saved you. You know, we are the greatest of sinners. But Jesus is the greatest to save sinners. And that's what he has done for you and I. 
how did they respond to the word of God? The people responded with weeping, as you see there in that passage of Scripture. And they were told, Ezra told them to mourn not. But not only that, but if you notice in verse 12, that all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth, uh, mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. They understood the words. And they responded in a positive manner because they really, truly understood the word of God. Not only that, but the results of this revival that you see that took place during this time was, if you notice there, on the second day, they were gathered together with the, with the chief of the fathers and all the people and the priests and the Levites unto Ezra the scribe, even unto understanding the words of the law. They even came back the second day. And not only that, but if you notice in verse 18, you see the true results of this Revival that took place in the lives of these people. It says, also day by day, from the first day unto the last, Ezra read the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast of the seven days. On the eighth day uh, it was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. And in verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, now in the 20th, month and the day of this month the children of Israel was assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers and stood and confessed their sin and their iniquities of their fathers and they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God for one fourth part of the day and the other fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. That is what the results of revival is supposed to do. Revival should change the hearts of every individual. We are guilty sometimes of not, uh, I, I know in my own life, Sometimes I'll come, I'll sit in a service and you'll be convicted over something in your life and you'll come to the altar and you'll confess it and you get up and you go out the door and did it change you? Did it change you? Well, could we say as this group of people said they were all one? They came together as one in the service of the Lord? I, you know, I, I, I'm afraid one, one day as we give an account for all the things that we have done in, in, in the Lord, there'll be things that we have, that we will see that we did not do. God will show us those things that we did not do, that we should have done, and we'll be sorry for. So we need to, as we think about this thing, think about what Nehemiah 
that what we saw in this passage of scripture in Nehemiah, speaking about the men and the women that brought their lives to, to, to Christ, brought their lives to Ezra as they heard the word of God and they were convicted of their sin and asked for repentance in their life. That's what you and I as your child of God needs to do. That's what we need to do. And, and just worship the Lord and our God as he has saved us to do that very thing. So with that, we will take some prayer requests.